You are listening to the Chits and Giggles podcast. Welcome everyone to the Chits and Giggles podcast. My name is Ben and I'm here with Russell today. Hey. So if you've heard lots of our other podcasts, um, you will know that today we're going to try something a little bit different. We're going to have a bit of structure to the podcast. So at the first we're going to have Chits and this is where we're going to talk about the serious thing in the podcast. So today we're going to be talking, doing another ethics and board games episode. So you might have heard our part one a couple of weeks ago. So this is now part two. And then after we've done the chits, we're going to move on to the giggles. And I think this weekend we're going to play a little game with each other, which you can join in with as well. Which is called, Was This Review Helpful? Was This Review Helpful? So you'll uh, check that out later. And um, if you've uh, listened to a lot of our podcasts, please give us feedback on any changes we make. And if you like them and if you don't like them, let us know because we always... Uh, listen to your feedback and we do this for you more than we do it for us so we want to make it as enjoyable as possible but this week first thing we're going to talk about ethics and board games so what are we going to talk about first um so for those who haven't listened to podcast number 10 we did a we did a podcast basically all on ethics in board games where we touched upon the the themes of uh king making and being a sore loser and this is a continuation of that because we've had you know discussions and Mm -hmm. we've come up with more more situations things. yeah more situations which people may feel are slightly unethical or slightly unspirited um and on that note one of the ones that came up for me immediately after we did the last podcast which i thought oh that's something we need to talk about um is when you are playing a game and somebody else touches your pieces I yeah that. this doesn't happen to me or hasn't happened to me that much you must have long arms. <laughs> um, so, if, are you? Do you mean in a context where in all contact? So, what if you can't reach the pieces on the board? Then that would be considered maybe an appropriate uh, okay. situation where you could move someone else. So, can piece. you give me any situation where you feel that this behaviour is unethical? Unethical uh, in chess, for example. If you are playing oh, wow, chess okay. with somebody, yeah. then can you imagine that they moved your piece for you? Especially because in chess, the golden rule is. Um, you move your piece, and as soon as you let go, that's considered a final move. Yeah, yeah. But when, when would, why would someone ever move your piece? Is it to show you, oh, you could do this? Is that? Well, it mainly is because somebody um, it thinks you're taking too long, or they've kind of made oh a decision God, for okay. you. I think the most appropriate or the most um, <laughs> common occurrence of someone else moving someone else's piece is, is in uh, cooperative games okay, like yeah, Pandemic. Yeah. Um, and it's tricky because sometimes uh, the piece will be on the other side of the board and it just makes it so much easier if you are on that side of the board where their piece is and instead of them having to reach all the way across the board and, and move it for them, the player just thinks, oh, I'll do them a favour, you know, stop, you don't have to reach so over and I'll just move the piece They're doing for it them. kind of like forcing a decision from that player. Al- almost. almost. I think that's where it becomes tricky. Yeah. Um, because obviously, I think we've all been in a situation where, you know, we've asked someone else, oh, can you just move that that for me yeah. over there? Because you can't reach it, that's fine. But then it's when it becomes um, more of a, yeah, I've, I've made, you know, I've, I've made the decision and, you know, I'm going to move the piece because we all kind of agree on that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it should be a golden rule, never, unless it's specifically agreed. Um, never move someone else's pieces. I mean, that's I think. Just... But what about? Let's say we were playing uh, a game of diplomacy, uh, or Risk, or like a, a military style game. And I said, "Oh, if you move your units here, and I physically show you on the board, do you feel that that is?" Bad yeah, form? I do. I do actually. I think there's no reason to do that. 
There's literally no I think to... I would think if someone was demonstrating something to me, I would have no problem people touching my piece as long as they put it back. Like if if someone was moving my piece essentially and then like to do the move for me, then I would see that that would be slightly annoying, not necessarily unethical, but if someone was showing me, I don't, you know, because these, uh, yeah, they're my pieces, but they're not like, it's not like my property, you know, people can move my piece in a square and be like, if you moved here, you could take this and do that. And I'd be like, okay, well, thanks for the info, bro, but I'm going to make my own mind up. As long as I don't actually... I think that's where, I think that's probably what you just said then about being your property. I think for the purposes of the game, your pieces should be considered your property. And then at the end, then they revert back to its original <laughs> owner. I don't know if that makes sense, but I think like wow, I think I... it'd be really frustrating if someone was sort of monopolizing the game and moving moving pieces for you. I think unless you ask them with to do pieces, it. I think um, I think it's actually more often fine than not if people move your pieces as long as they're not actually doing your turn. If it's just a, like purely for demonstration or something. Or, or moving them, especially if they're moving them out of the way so they can read something on the board underneath or something. Yeah, but that's like, that's not really... But when it, when it, when something does start across the line, isn't it? it doesn't happen that often, is when people try and play with cards in your hand or where, especially if you're playing a cooperative game and they like pull down the end of the card so they can see what they are. I've never... You know, asked... if you're, you're holding a card of hands and then they're saying, oh, what was that thing again? And then they just like, start looking at your cards that's, because yeah that's crossing a line <laughs> yeah, that that can get pretty annoying um but to be honest like because what you've been saying before is when someone might move your piece because you were taking too long it, it, i understand now why that may have happened to you <laughs> <laughs> all right i take i take slightly longer than average because that's why it never ha it's never happened to me that no one's ever actually moved my piece and gone you're doing this but it's more of the implication that um i think as a player in a game, you are allowed to, you know, make your decision in your own time. And obviously, if you are taking longer than usual, um, that's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe we can revisit in another yeah. topic. But ultimately, the decision is yours. And I feel like the moving the piece or, you know, playing a card is ultimately sort of the confirmation of your decision to do that. And if somebody else is doing that, it kind of takes away that from you. And it's more, it becomes less of your decision than there is of someone else's and then i think that can um, affect your your enjoyment of the game and it also means that it's just it's just rude <laughs> yeah it is rude to do that okay yeah well it's interesting because i don't i don't think i feel as passionately as you do about this i i have an example of when um i realized that i actually moved someone's pieces we were playing the game cult express mm -hmm. and the player basically had played an action and there was only one possible move that they could have done um based on that action that they played so i moved it for them because i was on the end but i didn't even ask so actually it does happen but that, that's fine exactly that's fine if that was the only move yeah. they could do then that's fine exactly but what about let's say in cult express as an example I was going to shoot a player yeah. and then another player just assumed that I was going to shoot them because they were winning or because people were targeting them or whatever. And then they just took the bullet card from the top of my stack, assuming I was going to shoot them. Yeah, then that would be that would be wrong, I think. Okay. Don't you think? Would you then take it back and then hand it to them 
for the point of it or would you lend, <laughs> like, let them just keep it and be like well I was going to shoot you anyway or would then that actually I... change your opinion and maybe you'd give it to another player just because you're like no 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 I, I get to decide I have to say part of me would think about changing the decision <laughs> just based maybe on that. that's their plan Dave. Dave. maybe yeah. that's a strategy so maybe maybe moving someone else's pieces can be I know I, well, I, strategic now move. I know how much it bothers you if I'm playing a game with you <clears> I might touch your pieces purely to kind of put you on edge to to affect your performance and hope hopefully I think you'd be very lucky to play another <laughs> game with me now that you've said that Ben <laughs> um, only co-op games from now on <laughs> yeah um, I, so I guess the sort of summary of that is just ask first. I think so. And only when it's completely appropriate and agreed on. But I, I didn't even realise it was a problem until you mentioned it. There we it. go. Now everyone's now everyone's informed. <laughs> but because you, you mentioned it um, in co-op games and it kind of leads on to the next thing we want to talk about. That um, sometimes in co-op games you'll have a player and they will do something which is often referred to as being the alpha player. And this is a player who will kind of dictate or play a game for everyone and then that even when it's not their turn they'll say oh yeah but really you should do this this and this and this and that would be the best thing for the team and then you're kind of like well i want to have my mm-hmm. go myself and then they're like yeah well this is the best thing to do and if you don't do it then we'll lose and that i mean that's fine and for me the most obvious um game that does seem to encourage a, a lot more alpha playing than other games to my knowledge and that game is pandemic yeah well i think it's the same with with all of those style co-op games yeah. where you Forbidden have desert yeah yeah well, you know it's essentially the same game yeah but where it's a game <laughs> where you have semi-open information i know pandemic's not technically open but most people play with it with open or at least tell people what they have in their hand then people will start kind of openly strategizing even when it's not their turn and saying well if i do this and then you do this and you do this and then you do this on your turn then that means i'll be able to do this on my turn and it's essentially one player's playing the game yeah essentially because that is that is if you took out the other players um you could essentially play those games with one player just doing all the different actions i mean real you know that's not built into the actual game but that's essentially the way those games works and i think that's why alpha playing is more of a problem in those games but a game like dead of winter for example you you don't really have that problem as much well it it can happen uh where people not as much though but there's also a little tilt on it and it can happen in battlestar galactica as well where someone tries to alpha player and because those games have a betrayer mechanic one player who's actually against everybody else you'll often get a thing where an alpha player will say if you don't do this this and this then you're obviously a traitor. Yes, that's And then happened. they can use that as a threat as to why that you should do what they say. So then you feel like, well, hang on. I Now I can't do the move I want to do because, because then everyone will assume it, yeah. I'm a traitor, but I'm not. But I just want to play the game myself. And that, I think, it can actually even, you know, you would often think, well, because it's a betrayer, it will avoid the, the, the alpha player ability. Sometimes it actually magnifies it and makes it worse. It's so funny you say that. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. If you don't do this, then that must mean you're a Cylon. Yeah, that's and right. I, that- I know that I've said that before. <laughs> I know I have, because when you get into these games... I and think then, you said it to me. It, well, because you were yeah. a Cylon at the time. <laughs> <laughs> it was valid. If you say it to a Cylon, it's valid. If you say it to a human, then that's alpha playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, I think most people can agree that alpha playing in that context, where you're essentially trying to, you know, take decisions away from people and take enjoyment away from people is it's manipulating the game yeah. and i don't think that's a nice thing to do i, anyway. I think everyone can agree that's frowned upon yeah. but i have heard some other examples where people have uh, 
use this phrase, alpha playing, and I want to know if you feel that these circumstances are alpha playing. Because I think most people agree that in the context we just said, it's alpha, alpha playing, it's bad, it's bad yeah. not acceptable, please on, don't do it. hit me with these examples, Ben. Okay, I'm playing a game of Settlers of Catan yep. with you. And you are winning the game. Yeah. And I worry that the third player hasn't spotted that you're doing quite so well. Yeah. And I then let them know. I say, by the way, just before you decide see those what you're two, doing. Uh, covered up development yeah. cards over there. That's right. And you see you see how Russell over here, if he just gets a wood which he could get on a six, he might build his last settlement. So maybe when you move the robber you want to move it onto the wood. If I tell the other player that because I worry they might not have seen that, is that alpha playering? Oh, I don't think so because to me alpha playering is taking over the game. That to me is what that means. But that in that example that you just gave, that's not really taking over the game. That's sort of bringing everyone up to speed on the game. Yeah. So if you if you let someone know that in your opinion another player is winning, and you tell them, and therefore you should consider attacking them if it's a war game or or trying to stymie them if it's another game. You, that you feel that's not alpha playing. No, um, it's it's kind of like. The, obviously the person who was winning or may have been winning and they're not going to appreciate that but yeah, then that's fair enough but that information is freely available and yeah. you're not you're not really deciding the move for them yeah, that's true. you're just saying that if they want to make a move that's in their better interest yeah. they should do that and well, i feel like it's they like, can still ignore you yeah it's almost like it's a it's an int- it's a move within the interest of prolonging the game or the interest of trying to stop a single person winning but another example where it can happen and again some people have said this is alpha playing let's say it's a war game and no one's really winning yet it's early on so it's like early on in a a game of game of thrones or early on on risk yeah and someone's deciding what they should do on their go and then i will point out oh you could do this or perhaps you could do this and i point out some strategies but purposefully leave out the strategies that actually inconvenience me. Only point out mm-hmm. the ones that are good for them and good for me. Mm-hmm. But leave out ones that they where they could attack me and, and, and ruin my thing. How do you feel about that? Is that unethical or is that within the spirit of the game? Because it's almost it's like diplomacy. Yeah, diplomatic games, again, the onus is on you to understand what your moves are. Mm-hmm. And what moves are best for you and what moves are not good for everyone else, etc. And because somebody is giving you advice obviously you should understand that they're trying to do it for their own benefit. and you should take that advice yeah. with a pinch of salt you should of never completely listen to them yeah yeah so in that sense i don't think that's alpha playing i think that's really sneaky playing but in diplomatic games that's okay 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 because i have heard people say that that's alpha playing as well and i personally don't agree i think in a competitive game it's it actually is part of the game to play the psychological aspect. Yeah. If you want to try and use words and convince someone to to negatively affect someone else over you, that's part of the game. I mean, but I think a lot of people feel like you're kind of confusing them or you're trying to kind of overload them with suggestions and pressure them into making a decision they don't want to. But the thing is, they don't have to. They they move their own pieces yeah. unless I move them for them. Yeah. But they they move their own pieces and they make their own decisions. You just reminded me of something I actually wanted to bring up earlier on. Is there games where they kind of uh, factor in the fact that there could be alpha players and yeah. trying to go against it? For example, in this Sherlock Holmes, yeah. uh, every time you 
um, have to chase a new lead, you take turns in choosing that person. So an alpha player could say, yes, you do this and that. Um, and yeah, it could still affect the game, but at least they're trying to sort of like that's true. It, factor it, that it, out. It comes down to whoever's turn it is. If yeah. they want to go to that lead, they do. But I mean, based on that same thing, if you again, if you there are there aren't enough, I believe, but there are some uh, co-op games which, within the mechanics, avoid the possibility of alpha playing. And again, I think it's known now on Chits and Giggles that we really love the game Hanabi. Yeah. But one of the reasons I love it as a co-op game is because you cannot alpha play at that. Because there's always information that you don't know, and I've had I've played games where someone's tried to alpha player, and someone's had to actually say, "Stop! You don't know what you've got. You don't know what you're talking about." And they suddenly <laughs> realise, "Oh my god, actually, maybe they're holding something really important or something." And they're all there, like, "Like, no, no, no. What we need to do is we need to give this person a clue and do this and this and this." It's like, "Shut up, mate. You don't know what you're holding. Just let you know what I mean. Whoever's turn it is, let them decide what they want to do." And and the mechanics of that game actually stop that by having this hidden information which i think is really important and obviously a game like that with uh, limited communication as well yeah also uh avoids the you know problem of having an alpha player because you know you can't say anything yeah. you can't alpha player if you can't you know speak for example <laughs> but i think overall if if you um are playing a game and you or someone else is effectively making decisions for other players then then you're definitely running the risk if not already being an alpha player. And if you catch yourself doing it or you catch somebody else, um, I think it would be easy enough to just politely say, oh, can I make these decisions myself? Or if you catch yourself doing it, say, oh, actually, I'm going to start being a bit more quiet. Because yeah. I think overall, you, it's more important that you and your friends are having fun together than winning. just winning the game. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, that's, that's ethics and board games. Part two. for this week. So... What have we got for the giggles this week? Well, like we said earlier on, uh, this is going to be a new part of the podcast. And basically, we have a little bit of fun with board games. And this week, we are going to do a game called, was this review helpful? Um, now, the way this game works is myself and Ben will take turns reading out comments from, you know, popular websites, you know, which sell board games, where people have left review comments. And the job is to try and guess the game. Um, and then just from the comments. And then determine if the review, if the review is actually helpful. helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. So do you want to go first? I'll go first. So yeah. I've picked a game here. And I'm going to read out this review and see if you can tell me if this review was helpful. I really No alpha playing, by the way. No alpha playing. Okay. <laughs> you must... Uh, I really enjoyed this game. This was my step-up game from Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne. So it will maintain a special place in my collection for years to come. My seven-year-old daughter understands the game enough to be competitive, but the card scoring is still a little too tough for her. This game actually helped me teach her some basic division. Was this review helpful? Oh, no. Oh, my God. I don't know. Card scoring. When you say step up from, like, Ticket to Ride and Carcassonne... I remember I didn't write this. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But a step up from that would be... I, I guess it would still be like a light strategy game, but I can't think. So have a guess, and I've got another review of the same game. Uh, uh, that review for me was not helpful. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it kind of almost okay. well as too many things it Second could be. review, same game. This is a great worker placement game. The rules aren't too hard to learn and can easily be played with children aged 10 years and up. There is a bit of maths involved. That was what was mentioned in the other review. Bit of maths involved. And this adds to the fun of the game, and the theme of the game is good fun. Definitely one of my favourites to get out and play. 
Ooh, worker placement game. So, could it be Stone Age? It is Stone yes. Age. Was this review helpful? Uh, that one was. But I actually thought I got it more off the first one than we said <laughs> so that. It was more but the card scoring system, did that, it probably means the huts. When you buy yeah. the huts and you have to like... Again, I didn't revi- write this review. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to explain it to myself. I'm going to put myself in the, in the shoes of this guy. Yeah, it was the it was the Ah, <laughs> oh, right. good. Yeah. Then that review's helpful. <laughs> um, okay, cool. All you right. Got one for um, me? Now I've got one for you, indeed. Now I have to be careful because the some of these comments that I picked actually have the names in oh, it. That's so fine. I'm just taking them out. Just replace um, it with this game. Yes. So this one's headed light fun and great replay value. Was this review? No, I'm joking. No, oh, that's it. That's it. it. <laughs> light fun it. and great replay value. <laughs> oh well, um, um, that's um, that's uh, zombie dice. No, oh yeah, wait, that's it. neither fun nor <laughs> replayable. <laughs> but it is light. It's so, definitely light. So yeah. Um, okay, so this one says I bought for Christmas Day, but played with on Christmas Eve because I couldn't wait. So oh. Therefore, you know it's exciting. Oh, that's good. Um, I initially this game seems expensive. Is it love letter? No, it says it seems expensive. <laughs> <laughs> trying to jump the gun and be all good at it. Um, initially, this game seems expensive, just for a stack of cards and a few tokens. However, Ooh. they are lovely and durable. Even the plastic insert that holds the components is designed beautifully. It's a Dominion. It's not Dominion. Oh. No. Um, it's a two-player game. Uh, the game doesn't work with any more or any less. The rules are easy to learn, but you do need to read all the rules because apparently in other games you don't need to read <laughs> all of the rules. <laughs> this one you do. All right, so any guesses so far? It seems expensive. It's a purely... It's Netrunner. No. Um, for this one, I'm actually going to uh, <laughs> go on to the next review because the, there's still more to that one but this one's interesting I'm thinking I'm just thinking this of one, like masses of cards that I don't know if you'll get it off players. this but this heading is brilliant the thing is the other of you did feel helpful yeah <laughs> even though I don't know what the does. game is yet <laughs> no but listen this this is the heading of the next review of the same game sexy jelly mold with free game sexy jelly mold <laughs> it's machikoro no it's no, not no it's not because that does look like a jelly mold yeah. the insert but it says um this is a great game and works for all audiences. I love board and card games, but my wife takes more convincing. She loves this, however. Quick, easy to understand and play and feel real, feels really great. Uh, allows all players to develop their own style and all styles complement each other, allowing fast and cheap to work equally well against strategic and steady. Fits really well around Dominion and Splendor and is a very sociable game with an interesting and rich style. Uh, and it's accessible to all. And as an added bonus, you can use the fantastically designed insert as a jelly mould. <laughs> what are the clues have you got here now? <laughs> it's a two-player two game. Card game. Around, yeah, card game. And the, with the insert is like a jelly mould. You can use it as a jelly mould. I think you will kick yourself when you get this. I think I'm going to kick myself. Yeah, do you want to know what it is? Oh, God. Yeah, tell me. It's Jaipur. Someone said that seemed expensive. <laughs> that game is not expensive. This is this is your average review. Okay, of okay, it's sorry, not, it's true, it's, it's true. Not your my gamer. Man. No, gel. I'm. Uh, but to be fair, they did say it seems expensive just for a stack of cards and a few cardboard tokens. Well, I see, because that, that's why I'm thinking games like Dominion, because yeah. that yeah. that is expensive. But Jaipur is under twenty pounds. So was that review helpful? No, no. It, the jelly mold. <laughs> that's. Did two people mention jelly mold? Uh, no, just the one person. Okay. But for some reason, they were just 
keen, mad keen on jelly. Mad keen on jelly. Yeah. Well, right. those reviews were not helpful because <laughs> Jaipur is a very good game and one that I would say, I think for games of a similar uh, size and nature, it is slightly more pricey. But it's, it's not expensive, I wouldn't say. And ironically, the... Not, no. Okay. Are you ready for your next? Was this review yes. helpful? Yes, I am. Go okay. Excellent game that forces you to work as a team harder than it first appears and really gets you thinking and a nice alternative to competitive games. Oh, is that it? That's it. Oh. There's another one, but I okay. wanted to see how you went with that one. Oh, man. Um, that just seems like you could... Oh, and the insert makes a good jelly mould. <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know, escape? <laughs> no. Just right. because it's a big, okay. big box, you know, with a massive jelly, so... Are you ready? Yeah. The cards themselves... So there's cards in it. Okay. And nothing special. So they're, they're rubbish cards. Okay. Standard playing cards that come in a pretty small box of decent quality. So the box is good, but the okay. cards inside aren't so good. It's a good game for families and easy to take with you almost anywhere. All in all, it's a cheap, fun little game with a wide audience. Some positives. Easy rules, but turns require some thought. Nice travel size. Interesting concept. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I'm, I'm thrown. There's the word fireworks in this review. Oh, Hanabi. <laughs> Hanabi. We've already talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so annoying because you did actually mention it earlier. Was that review helpful? Mm, not really. It doesn't, it's kind of vague. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> kind of vague. It could be describing okay. a lot of games. But to be fair, the fact that it was a card cooperative game should have thrown, you know, screamed Hanabi at me anyway. All right. So I wouldn't say no, that review wasn't right. helpful. All right. All right so, so, what ben, have you got for me? Turn. I'm excited. Okay, so this one, again, follows a likes and dislikes kind of format. So I'm just going to read you some likes and dislikes from this game. So likes, easy to set up and play. If you don't feel like setting up the board and just want to play a fast game, here you go. A dislike, not many at all, except difficulty of the game is a bit easier. Once again, this depends on how difficult you want your co-op games to be. So there's a bit of a clue there. And, then and another... so you, don't, you don't have to set up a board. Is that what it said? Yep. And another like. Rules are not complicated at all if you are familiar to the game. Well, <laughs> that's kind of fairly obvious. So. The game's really easy if you've played it already. If you have never played the board game, it may take a little time. So there's a bit oh, more so of a Oh, so it's a card game version of a board game. Um, doesn't necessarily mean it's a card game. It's a non-board game version of the board, board game. game. Yeah. It's, it's not... Pandemic the Cure. Do you know what it is? Is Pandemic it really? It is, yeah. Because <laughs> that's basically one of the few games that's like a different version of, of the yeah. original game. And yeah, actually, some of the other likes was very nice game components with lots of dice to roll. You dice lovers out there. Oh. Free dice lovers out there. And the dice adds a unique randomness of luck to the game, which is a bit refreshing, which is probably just a bit of a nonsense sentence, really. But uh, So that review was helpful. It was helpful. Very yeah. helpful. All right, so... Okay, I'm going to throw one more at you. Okay. Okay. Great fun, easy to learn, but fairly low in complexity and depth with a high degree of luck. I purchased mainly for the cool graphic art, which I absolutely love, and the nostalgia factor that is 100% there. <laughs> and they do not regret the purchase, and good on them for following through an excellent execution after the initial Kickstarter. Ooh, I know this game. 
What I think it? I know this game is Boss Monster. It is too. Boss Monster. Yeah. Very well helpful done. review. Very helpful. Uh, actually, I think Click. I mentioned on a. Um, it's, oh, did you write this one? Oh yeah, is it by Ross? No, um, no. Uh, no, actually, I remember. Um, I've mentioned it a lot, probably in reviews and and podcasts that I love graphical style. So, like that one does actually have a really good graphical. You know what's style. interesting? So based on that review, yeah. how many stars do you think they gave the game? Probably quite high, I'd imagine, like four, three, three. Oh, okay. Great fun and easy to learn, but not three a very stars. good game. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now I have one more for you. Okay. This is it. This is it. So I've, I'm two up now. Two up. Two one. That's the score. So you want to bring it up to even. Not that we're playing no, some oh, points, no. but let's make a proper so, game out of this. Because I got, what did I get? I got Jaipur wrong. Yeah. But I got, yeah, okay. You did get Pandemic the Q, right? Let's see if we can equal. Okay, this one is interesting. I think you might get this one. So the headline is surprisingly difficult. <laughs> it's Geyser Splits. Uh, no. Oh, that, that wouldn't no, have been good. Been brilliant. Um, I was going to get it just from the title. <laughs> yeah. Super helpful review. So this one is, uh, this one writes, I bought this game having jo- enjoyed playing it in school. Um with a boy with autism who I was working with, who loved it. Uh, it is kept in sc- at school in the maths resources, so perhaps there's a greater educational value than I have credited it with. Now, any any clues so far? Mathematics. But what was the title again? It was harder than it first Surprisingly appeared. difficult. Surprisingly difficult game, but at a school, but with math. <laughs> I'll carry on. I'll, I'll carry on. No, that's not maths. I wouldn't say what? that's maths. No, I don't want to say it because then it's going to be wrong. Is there dice in it? No. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So, although I think I feel like I kind of give you too much information <laughs> from saying no. Um, both my children, a boy and a girl aged four and seven, enjoy playing with it, although it's simply the most frustrating toy we have ever played with. Toy? A simple concept. And that gives too much away. But sounds easy, but it isn't. I haven't looked at their website, but it says on the... Mm-hmm. the container that you can send in a picture of it when it's done so presumably it's possible <laughs> oh <laughs> oh not setting up the new edition of mousetrap is it is that, <laughs> no. that is ridiculous <laughs> that is okay. the number of times we've had people to go have you uh, helped set us up like, no, just, no. oh no i am stumped but that no. feels like a really useful review but something which they want to send photos saying that it's possible. I do want to give you a clue, but I also really want to win the first step of Giggles. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> game that we do, so. Give that, up. That it must give up. be possible. And it's maths related. Five. Numbers. Four, no, I don't know. Three. It's misleading, the, the numbers, because it's nothing to do with maths. But she didn't say that. She okay. just said it was kept in the math sources. Oh, so on that so note, do you know the game? Chairs. I was gonna say oh, chairs. No, uh, well, hang bad. on, hang. I don't. She says you can go over it again. When it's she said this game, it doesn't feel possible. What? What exactly is she Stacking trying to? Of the or is it the idea to do all of them? Yeah, yeah I've only chairs. ever seen someone do every chair in the tin once. Well, it's possible. It is, but yeah, she, she's saying she said that um, a simple concept to balance the twenty-four chairs in a tower sounds easy. Well, if you read that bit out. Yeah, of course. I'm going to read that. <laughs> that review was super helpful. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, that review probably was helpful, but with the bits that I took out, yeah, not yeah. probably not. No, no. Okay. Well, well done. You win. Yes. The first ever was that review helpful? Two nice. one. I feel like I'm, I'm awful. Oh, as a human being, yes. Yeah. 
But at least I'm quick when I take my moves. And with that, thank you for listening <laughs> to this week's Chissy Giggles podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. And uh, we'll talk remember to you. any feedback you've got, you know, please visit the website, leave a comment, you know, get in touch, whatever you. Yeah. Or if there's anything us, you want to mention Facebook about Alpha us. playing, if you disagree with everything we said, yeah. uh, please let us know. And uh, yeah, check us out next week. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Chits and Giggles podcast. For more reviews and podcasts, visit forchitsandgiggles.com. <laughs>